1: To the offering the Consciousness Transforming podcast for exceptional 21st century living. We've got a great show today. We're speaking with Robert, excuse me, Dr. Robert Atkinson, and we're talking about his new book, A New Story of Wholeness, an experiential guide for connecting the human family. And folks, he's got an afterword in this book by Deep Chopra and a forward by Gene Houston. So his work is valid. His work is real. These folks don't just put their name on any type of book. So I want you to sit back, relax, enjoy the information, and then let it sink in, get the book, and change your life for the better. Another way to get over it. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that is holding you back. But you guys know I always ask, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation revealing cutting-edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network at 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. Find out more about me and the services I offer. Go to my website, nismoniquechapman.com. I invite you to like me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Folks, I'm no longer on Twitter, so don't look for me there. And if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe. Give me some stars. Help the girl out. We've got a lot of fabulous shows, and I don't want you to um, miss out on any, so hit that subscribe button. My guest today, Dr. Robert Atkinson, award-winning author educator and developmental psychologist is the author of a new story of wholeness and experiential guide for connecting the human family. He's a co-editor of the 2020 gold Nautilus book award winner, our moment of choice, evolutionary visions and hope for the future and author of the 2017 silver Nautilus book award, the story of our time from duality to interconnectedness and oneness. He is, excuse me, the author or co-editor of eight other books. He's a professor at the uh, University of Southern Maine and director of Story Commons, founder of One Planet Peace Forum, and member of the Evolutionary Leaders. And you can check this very busy man out at his website. And that is r o b e r t a t k i n s o n R-O-B-E-R-T-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N.net, not .com, .net. Welcome, Robert.
2: Thank you, Monique. Great to be with you.
1: It's great to have you here. Um, You've written such a book at a very important time in the world's evolution. Why this book, The New Story of Wholeness, and why now?
2: Yeah, this—that's for sure. This is the uh, time when we need to th- be thinking about wholeness, and and what what the book is really trying to do is to get to make it really clear that uh, wholeness is all there is. Uh, but what's happened is that we get lost in the details, in the parts of the whole, and so that creates the illusion of separation. So that this book is about getting back to our original sense of wholeness, which indigenous peoples somehow pretty miraculously intuited or or observed from nature and the surroundings around them but as as society expanded and grew and and spread out lots of differences arose and that's a long story too but what happened was then after having started off with a whole series of um, of unitive narratives, stories about bringing unity, uh, we had a longer, a much longer period of uh, uh, when when divisive narratives became common, and now we're at a time, we're at another turning point in our collective evolution when we're coming back to realize that original wholeness. And so, this book was written to. Um, guide us directly into the experience of living the story of our time, which is about a global movement toward unity and wholeness. And Mm -hmm. it it does, does this by identifying a timeless universal pattern of transformation that connects the individual, the collective, and the whole. And it makes this pattern very practical by illustrating how the pattern that is within us can guide us in becoming the whole beings we are meant to be who recognize that inner transformation leads directly to social transformation. So that's mm. a quick uh, quick uh, initial reason why it was why it was written. It, it it's also just, I'll just uh, add on to, it's also an expansion and a continuation of my of my previous work as you mentioned the book before this was the story of our time. And that, that's, uh, that focuses on the collective uh, process of of um, transformation of consciousness that's going on around us. This book now, A New Story of Wholeness, focuses on the individual pattern of transformation, but they both follow that same pattern of transformation. Maybe we'll talk more about that a little later. Okay. Um,
1: the subtitle of the book, Connecting the Human family. When was the disconnect, and how did that happen? Was there a specific yeah. period in time where you know things just pulled apart?
2: Well, that's a great question, and it would be—I don't know if anyone can identify a specific moment in time, but um, there are some things that we can point to to um, identify when. Uh, or at least one of the times when that, one of the things that, that led to that, um, that to, to the illusion of separation becoming much, uh, you know, more prominent. And Mm -hmm. and one of the, one of those times that we might point to is, and, and it's always around the stories we tell. So we can point to the Garden of Eden as one example and say that when, when that, when that story was told about um, the eating of the forbidden fruit, that's uh-huh. not only that's not only a time that we can identify as the beginning of um, of uh, separation, but it's a, it's also one of the times we can identify as the beginning of our fall from wholeness. And similarly with the story of Pandora's box from Greek mythology, when that was opened, that also symbolized the the uh separation of the right. of the parts into into many. So with those with those kinds of narratives there began a you know a, a few millennia of of stories that were about our um how we how we see things separately and and differently. But now we're at a time when when our uh as we're moving into a era of global integration, we're much more aware of the need to bring things back together. And so, we're th- there's actually another story that I, I'll take a minute to just um, oh please share yes tell tell uh, how that how that what what that looks like in a from a storyteller's perspective. And, and so, this might be thought of as a storyteller's history of the world. There was a time when people gathered to share stories that embodied the values and principles they lived by. These stories held the community together and gave them a shared purpose. They were unitive narratives, essential to their individual and collective well-being. Then there came a time when communities expanded, spread out and became more diverse and experienced conflict and disorder. Out of this discord emerged divisive narratives that maintain separation. Today, as we approach a consciousness of global integration, a new story of our wholeness is needed to frame this interconnectedness. It is time to come together again through unitive narratives to share our own stories of living into wholeness. So that, that's what the book is really about. It it provides, uh, detailed, uh, a, a detailed toolbox with, with uh, writing exercises and, and uh, prompts and worksheets for each of us to tell our own story of living into wholeness. And as we do that, we'll, we'll bring the human family together one story at a time.
1: Well, we definitely need that right now, Robert. Um, One story at a time to, you know, all of us mesh together again. But I got a question for you. We talked about the Garden of Eden. We talked about Pandora's Box. How does or does technology either facilitate wholeness or detract from wholeness?
2: yeah great that and and it, it that's a that's a great question because it's not an either or answer it's a it's a both and it, i mean as we can see very clearly technology that we're using now and we we're using more of uh, since the uh pandemic and everything we, it it's um it's doing both at the same time it's bringing us close to closer together and in a way in some ways it's also separating us. So what that comes down to is it's not the technology itself, it's the way we use it. We mm-hmm. can we can use it to connect us, which we do, and we can use it to unite us, which we need to do more of. So so it's really about how we use the tool, not like any any uh Builder or carpenter—it's about how you use your tools—is with, with uh, what determines the uh, the building you end up with.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting because you know you go out. Well, post pandemic, I don't go out to dinner that often. But you go out to dinner, you'll see a family. Everybody has their technology out and their doing something with technology. Now they are physically together. So I guess in one sense, that's a wholeness of some sort. But then to me, there's a a separation because everybody's doing their own technology thing instead of interacting with each other. Right. And and perhaps this is where we can let go of some of the technology and come back together. I was just uh, watching the news earlier today and they were saying that the twenty Year olds, I forget what the um, name of the generation is called, but they're actually going back to the old flip phones that you and I are probably familiar with in order to stay off social media. And I was like, wow, you know, we're going backwards in time it's It's truly amazing. um now, in your book you you talk about three principles I'd like to go over. The first one is the evolution principle. What is that and how does that fit into our story of wholeness?
2: Yeah, the evolution principle is is uh, the first one that I cover in the book <clears throat> because that's um that's what determines. Everything else, and um, just to give a context for the evolution principle, one of the um, quotes that I use in the book, too, as a as sort of a foundation for understanding evolution, is a is a quote from Abdul Baha, and it goes, "the ev- the evolution of existence is one, the divine order is one, all beings, great and small." are subject to one law and one order so what that means is that's what that one law that one order that, that divine order is what determines the evolution principle <clears throat> which when and this is based on <clears throat> this is based on all the um the wisdom from the world's sacred traditions uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> we could say that the evolution principle is evolution is directional toward ever wider circles of unity and that in all realms, all things are tied together and evolve through a process of maturation, decline, eventual renewal, always toward their inherent potential. So the, so the really important thing about the evolution principle is that it's, it, there is a direction to it. There's a purpose to it. And it's mm-hmm. toward, it's toward um, one of the other principles which is wholeness. <clears throat> but there's also the uh, the consciousness principle before that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to talk about the consciousness principle for a moment because more people that come to my practice are discovering that they've been unconscious for such a long time that they're finding it interesting, uh, difficult, if you will, to come back to... Uh, the unconscious and marrying that with the conscious. So can you talk to us about why we are, I, I think, forgetting about our unconscious or just allowing it to stay in the background, even though it's basically guiding the, the ship, if you will?
2: Yeah, so this is all also a matter of uh, where you turn for your guidance uh, on, or understanding of this. and. <clears throat> And again, for me, it's the world's wisdom traditions, as well as, uh, in this case, um, psychology, and in particular, Carl Jung, because he, he brought in the concept of the collective unconscious. And what that's, what that's about is that we're all, I mean, he, he, he also called that the, uh, the spiritual heritage that all human beings share which which is the that that um collective unconscious that we're born with so what happens is as we grow and develop and have different kinds of life experiences elements or what he would call archetypes or motifs of that are that are embedded within our collective unconscious emerge to the conscious level because mm-hmm. of because of experiences we're having and as that as that process happens more and more we become more and more aware of not only our inner potential but what we ourselves as individuals and what everyone else as human beings are are born with and capable of and have the potential of so so that is really what the uh, consciousness principle is about is which says consciousness is an innate potentiality unfolding toward right relationships on all levels. Yet that consciousness is dependent upon the initiative we take to actively investigate reality. Mm -hmm. So, So even though it's something, it's a potential that we're all born with, it doesn't come naturally or without some conscious reflection on the kinds of experiences we're having in life, and what they, what their purpose and meaning are for us. So, and this is also uh, found in this concept is also found in all the world's sacred traditions in the in the idea of seek and ye shall find. It's it's not about sitting back and letting life uh, happen before us. It's about proactive involvement in life, whatever it brings us. Whether it's um, great uh, experiences or difficult, challenging experiences, they're all, they're both, they're all essential for our growth and transformation toward that uh, greatest awareness that we have as our inner potential. So so it's really about proactively investigating reality around us. Mm. I like
1: that. Um, okay, so now let's talk about the wholeness principle.
2: Yeah, that's that's where the other two kind of come together is in the wholeness principle. And uh, quickly, though, what what that says is reality is one, and all of creation is a whole. Therefore, consciousness evolves toward wholeness. Hmm. So, so with the third principle, we bring the first two together and end up with that part I just mentioned. Consciousness okay. evolves toward wholeness.
1: OK, so if someone you know is really looking to do a deep dive into their existence, their soul, if you will, and they employ these uh, principles does one have to sit in meditation or is it just writing? Cause you talk a lot about, you know, storytelling or just verbally telling a story. What is a way that we could jump in, if you will, with both feet and uh, start our process of, you know, our new story of wholeness.
2: Yeah. There's, that's a, there's no um, have to in, in any um, uh, spiritual practice. I don't, Think. Mm-hmm. at least I don't see it that way it's it, it's really what I think what works best for each of us is what we're drawn to naturally and that may be prayer, meditation, reflection, or whatever else it may be for us and um it's it's about um finding what it is we're most drawn to, whatever form of reflection it might be but because it doesn't it does involve a certain degree of reflection on Mm -hmm. what is happening to us in our lives and so another form of that reflection can be writing i mean one of the great um benefits of writing about our own lives is we get to uh become aware on a much deeper level of what our life is telling us in terms of its meaning and its purpose so in the book, there are a series of writing exercises and prompts that mm-hmm. that will lead us through this process of transformation, which is really what it what it is. It's a journey toward wholeness that takes us through a process of of transformation. and And I think of the three parts to that process as a call to wholeness, the path of purification, and Return to wholeness. So, whatever way works best for anyone, whether it involves uh, prayer, meditation, reflection, or writing, um, those one one way that might be surest uh, would be to uh, bring them all in to to your own process. Uh, but but all, all the tools are there in the book uh, for the for the writing exercises. You can take it step by step, uh, from from the call, to the path of purification, to the return to wholeness. It's all very clearly defined with with worksheets and prompts. If you do want to uh, write your story down, and then and then uh, once you have done that, then you're kind of uh, you're the 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 innate desire to share that story Mm -hmm. with others becomes a natural thing for you to to follow that writing up with is sharing it in some form in some way with those with those closest to you
1: okay now i make a clear um demarcation between organized religion and spirituality does organized religion in any way take us away from wholeness And I ask that because in most organized religion, there is a pastor, leader, guru, whatever. And they claim, for the most part, to be the one that can be in touch with other beings or the highest being or source. And to me, that's like separating us away from not only other people on earth, but also source. What is your take on that?
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, pretty, pretty similar, actually, because the uh, uh, in one in that way, I might um, uh, compare um, organized religion to technology in the way we were talking about it before. It's not mm-hmm. organized religion by itself, or even in its purest form, that is either. But it's the way we use it. And the way we understand it, and so, if we if we come upon a, um, uh, a so-called source of spirituality or organized religion, either one, that says this is the only way, uh, that's a good um, thing to take notice of to wonder about whether that could be even true or not. That mm-hmm. there's only that there's only one way. I, I mean, we know there are many paths up the same mountain. And then uh, they all lead to that summit that we're uh, climbing so diligently toward. So, right. so it's, it's, it's how we. It's I mean I I see it more as how we use the uh the wisdom, in this case, that is given to us from these various traditions. um But but to get more to your point, anything that divides, is, what I would think of as anti-religious because when you break down the word religion it's about uniting it's about union it's the same same way with the uh with the deeper approaches of of um spiritual path all mystic traditions lead to union so anything that leads us away from union or unity i uh, would i uh, would be pretty careful about. When when you do find something that leads you toward unity, toward wholeness, then you really know you're on at least one of the uh, most effective paths up that mountain.
1: Mm, okay. Now, um, Robert, when we go to your website, robertatkinson.net, what are we going to find there?
2: Well, there'll be uh, quite a bit about my other books and this book um, <clears throat> there's a extensive blog <clears throat> um there and uh pretty extensive uh biographical information just just so just a lot of everything you'd want to know about um, this book and all the other books that I've written and and what <clears throat> what they're what they're all about
1: Yeah, and folks, you know, do check it out and check out his biography. I mean, my goodness, he chronicles his biography almost from day one till present day. He's been a very, very busy man and a man that lives his uh, truth and walks his talk. Um, Our time is almost up, but why don't you leave a pearl of wisdom with us regarding um, a new story of wholeness?
2: Well... I think there are many really important implications of wholeness, of of seeing reality as one and and all things in the entire creation as, as interconnected. When we do that, we can begin to live with the consciousness and also look upon all things with the eye of wholeness. So that's what I would encourage everyone to, to do is to... Think about how you can begin to look upon all things with the eye of wholeness.
1: Hey, well, thank you very much for that. And I do thank you for being my guest today. I greatly appreciate it. And to the audience, I am honored and I appreciate your time and attention also. And please remember folks, that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of writing your new story of wholeness the blessings, light, and love to all.
2: Ohio, ready
0: for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition.